everybody. Welcome to the Intentional Living Center. You got a friend. I'm Dr. Randy, along with Jennifer. She cares. She's our big heart person. She gives me the little heart sign throughout the program. And uh, Stephen, he'll take your calls a little bit, get you on, uh, on, on the line, or in this case, call and leave your comments on our storyline at 888-888-1717. We love you. We care for you. We want the best for you. We believe, and I've seen over, I, my wife and I did the math this morning. We were walking, and I said, you know, let me just do a little math. And I've talked to over 60,000 people on the radio. Um, tell you how old I am, right? <laughs> and so we've heard everything. And here's what we know. Here's what I've learned over all these years. Um, you can either choose to be an intentional person, which means you really want to figure out what pleases Christ and do it. Or you can figure out what pleases you and have your own intentions. It's really the two options. And one will take you down one path and down another. And so uh, we're here to help you think it through because God's uh, given us a hope and a future. And then to help us figure out, well, how do we, how do we build those daily kind of habits that can make a difference in our life? So you're welcome to join us on our storyline. 888-888-1717 is the number. Let's go to Adriana in Michigan. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Appreciate your call. How can I help? What's your question? Absolutely. So my question is, given my situation that I'm about to explain, I'm just wondering if I'm missing out on some things that God has in store for me, you know, regarding healing and blessings and things of that nature. Mm. What's going on? So um, my boyfriend and I have kind of been through some rocky times, um, and he recently proposed to me. um, But at the beginning, we were not equally yoked. You know, I was on fire for the Lord and going to church every Sunday, reading my Bible, reading a bunch of different books that I could just to get my hands on more of what, you know, who Christ is. And, um, you know, he kind of had a rough patch with some, with, with some things and, um, you know, didn't really have the same outlook. Um, Mm -hmm. And recently now he has more of a strive for the Lord. Um, But I know the Bible talks about, you know, you both being equally yoked and things of that nature. And when the strives aren't the same and they don't match, you know, you want to align that first. Um, But we did things backwards. And now that things are getting better, I'm just wondering if I am doing it wrong still because we're still not equally yoked. Um, but I also know in first Peter chapter three, I think <laughs> it talks about how, when your person is struggling and maybe not following the Lord quite like what you are, you know, to keep your stronghold in faith and in the, in Christ and do what you're doing and your partner will see you and hold on to you. And that is what I'm living right now. And I'm kind of getting some feedback from people in Christ that I'm talking to. I'm not trying to go to people for worldly advice because that's not what you do, but the people that I've been talking to, um, you know, in the church and things like that, it's, it's mainly, you know, what does God say first? Um, and I'm, I'm just living it backwards, you know, and I don't want to miss out on anything for me and my family. We have two kids and, um, and I'm just hoping that, you know, the blessings are still going to be there. And I know that they are, but I don't want to miss out on anything for my family. All right. Let me um, see. Let me, let, let me jump in. Let me see if I understand the, the, your boyfriend. The, the, you have two children with your boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. So you're living together. Um, actually, we were, and then I moved out because I felt a little bit of conviction. So and what does he think out. about all this? Um, it was really shocking for him. He didn't really understand. Um, he understood what God said when I brought it to his intention that way, um, but it was really, really hard for him. All right. So, are you trying to make a decision if you should marry him and move in together? Is that what your? Is that really the ultimate decision? 
Um, yeah, mainly. Okay. Uh, how old are you, by the way, Adriana? I'm 20. Tw- 20 what? I'm sorry, in your 20s? Okay. 24. 24, and you have two kids. All right. Um, what, let me ask, are your parents Christians? Um, they are. My mom doesn't really go to church much. Um, but, um, my dad's side, they're, they're split. Um, and they go to church every week. All right. What, what is your biggest fear right now? What do you fear? Um, my biggest fear is that, um, if I don't try, I feel like I'm just giving up. Like, I don't really want to fall short of, you know, long story short, you know, my mom, uh, has had two kids with two different people and didn't end up with them. And, and I don't want that generational right. thing Good. in my life. That's what, I, that's what I thought. What I heard you saying is I don't want to repeat what I experienced or saw in my, my family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what is this man that your boyfriend, the father of your children telling you at this point, what, where is he in all of this? If he were on the phone with me, what would he say? Um, he's definitely trying more harder um, to, you know, get involved with the Lord. And I know he has a hundred percent. I've seen it. We've been doing Bible studies together. Things are better. Um, Is that just to get you back? You know, that's something that I'm worried about. Um, But I see him, like he used to never go to church with me and he just up and went to church with me last week. And I was really thankful for that. Um, But I see his heart trying to change, but I just, I don't want to go off of the hope. I want to go off of the knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you, you know want I mean? evidence? Yeah. Yeah. How long have you been apart? Um, like living apart? Yeah. Um, about three to four months. All right. Are you in counseling together? We have not. Okay. So you're just kind of apart. He's he's working on himself, and you're working in your life, but kind of fearful about, I don't want to repeat what's happened in the last generation and, and, uh, just concerned if, you know, what decisions I make next is what I hear you saying. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I am so glad you called Adriana. You're a young person. Um, when I, when I get a chance to talk to people in their twenties, I always tell them, at least you get your whole life ahead of you. When I talk to those closer to my age, you know, they get older and, and then they wake up and say, wow, you know, uh, my life is shorter. Uh, the runway isn't quite as long. Sometimes you got to look at things a little differently at that point. But see, you're in your 20s. Um, you have two precious kids. You have a man sounds like he loves you. Uh, sounds like he came to Christ. Uh, you want to do the right thing. You've got the history you're concerned about. Those are all legitimate concerns. And you know what? I wish we had more Adrianas in the world saying, I don't want to mess up. I want to do this right. We got a whole world today of people who are just doing whatever feels right, whatever is the next thing, uh, responding to their emotions. Um, we're caught up in a TikTok type world, unfortunately. And so when I hear a young person saying, hey, I want to really think this through, pray this through, and do the next right one thing, I applaud you. So congratulations on that. You don't want to miss out on what God has for you. Now, here's what I'd encourage you to do. <laughs> continue to be a good mom I hear that I think the first thing you need to do Adriana is just say uh, my intention is I want to do what God's directing me to do now there's already you're not in the first act of your life you're already in the second or third act you have a relationship with a man you have children with this man um, and so you have responsibility this isn't just hey move out and goodbye uh, I'm going a different direction you, you guys are really bound at some really important 
powerful level. Number two, uh, it sounds like he, he really understands uh, that he needs to have a relationship with Christ, uh, which is important. And the fact that he's understanding he's moved out, you know how many people would do that? I mean, you stood up and said, this is important to me. He's honoring you, sounds like, during this time, which is a powerful thing. The third thing, Adrian, I'd really encourage you to do is to get with your uh, pastor or Christian counselor and lay the cards on the table in terms of, hey, this is what I want in our relationship. How do we move? How do we both move from here to what I think you both want? I, If I hear you right, he wants to have a, a, a godly marriage and get married. Is that what I hear? Yes, he does. Well, that, that's huge. Now, he, yeah, may, he, he may be at a different point spiritually at this point growing. I don't know. But I hear what you're saying is I want to make sure this is legitimate. I mean, this is really real. And But even if he's way behind you in growth in terms of that, um, man, you guys can, if you can get on the same page spiritually, you gotta, you're got you halfway home. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, the next thing, I don't know if we have time, but the next question I had for you is he brought up to me at the dinner table the other night. He said, you know, I'm supposed to be the leader of the home, and are you going to be able to let me do that because you're further than where I am in my walk with Christ? And at first I really didn't know how to answer that <laughs> because I'm technically the leader right now. Again, it's backwards, but I still want to make sure that, mm-hmm. you know, I am giving him space to be able to lead, but also still making sure we're being led. Um, is there anything I need to do that you think would be best to make that happen where he doesn't feel overwhelmed because I'm leading, you know? Was he, was he resentful of it or was he just try just talking about as a Christian home, how are we going to function in, in our relationship? Is he bothered? Does he feel like you're too controlling? Well, he doesn't think I'm very controlling. He just knows and understands that right now, like I've always kind of been the leader of the home as far as, you know, relationship with Christ goes. But he now knows and understands more that that's his place in the family is to be the leader of the household. And, you know, even as far as like praying and praying before bed and, you know, saying, hey, we're going to church this morning. Like those leadership things, the small things that add up. He's like, are you going to be able to let me do that? Are you? And Go ahead. Are you going to be able to let him do that? I'm going to have to. (laughs) That's what I'm supposed to do. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Um, you know, I, I've already felt myself kind of overstepping in some ways, like I'll hurry up and pray just because I, I'm not used to him doing that. And then I'm like, Oh man, I'm sorry. I just jumped over, you know, but I'm not used to it. So I just don't want it to cause more <laughs> well, conflicts. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Adriana, you're, you, you guys are working through this process together. But if, if I hear that this, uh, this man is saying, Hey, I, I really want to lead. I want to be a leader in the home. I would encourage him if he's listening to, I would say to him as a new Christian, go get yourself plugged into some mentors relationship with some older believer, younger, they may not be older in terms of years, but older in terms of their faith and been down the road uh, who can speak into your life, talk about life, talk about marriage, talk about family, talk about leadership. Um, and if he's willing to lead, I, I think leadership, let's just be clear what the Bible says. The Bible is very clear in Ephesians chapter 5 that we're to be mutually submissive to one another. That's the very first thing it says. This is a powerful reminder 
that in a marriage, we're at different stages and we can learn from each other. My wife is so much smarter than I am in so many different things. And I've learned to be able to listen to her because she's just smarter than I am in a lot of things. I'd be a stupid man not to listen. But at the same time, we as husbands have a responsibility to lead our wives and love our family. And uh, so to the extent that he continues to grow and you're patient in that process, because uh, you don't want to, ba- listen, God doesn't want us battling our homes over that kind of stuff um, to let that grow. All right. Back to the, the direction. Get some help for both of you. He needs to be plugged in, in my view, with some mentoring for him spiritually for leadership. And the two of you need to get into counseling together. And here's my prayer, that you call me back in five years and say, God did an amazing thing. We want to tell you what our marriage is about now, what we learned for God's glory. Don't get off track. Make the intention and then follow the course every day. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners just like you. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. Intentional love. It's the key to opening up intimacy and closeness in your life and marriage. What's the process to build an intentional marriage? The reality is there should be a great big sign across our foreheads on the day we get married that says, assembly required. Join Dr. Randy Carlson for laughter and inspiration at the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. It's good to get some updated advice and information to help us with our marriage. To grow closer in our relationship and just come away with some ideas and some techniques that we can use. Don't miss the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, Friday, March 1st at New Hope Church in East Lansing and Saturday, March 2nd at the Auburn Hills Christian Center in Metro Detroit. For a limited time only, get 25% off general admission when you use code word FLASH25, all one word, at checkout. That's code word. Flash 25 at TheIntentionalLife.com. Amen. I hope you do that. Listen, I, I haven't checked today, but East Lansing, East Lansing, uh, I don't know, we're probably 98, 99, maybe it all sold out, but Detroit Metro uh, in Auburn Hills, actually, Auburn Hills, Metro Detroit, uh, coming up on March the 2nd. Uh, we have some uh, seats available and a special deal going on. Valentine's Day, come on, uh, just running this through uh, tomorrow. And so, uh, guys, what a gift for Valentine's. Hey, honey, we're going to an intentional love marriage date night. Pick her up off the floor because she'll say what? Uh, And she'll love you and kissy face and all that good stuff. Right, Jennifer? Isn't that the way it works? It's exactly how it works. All right, all right. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, go to theintentionallife.com to check it out. Theintentionallife.com. We're talking here today about life, about relationships, and about how to be intentional and what God God has for us. Uh, all right, let me let me go to Alexis. Is in uh, Kansas. Hi there. How are you? Hi, I'm Hi. doing good. Good, good. What's your question today? Um, so I've been praying really hard about a young adult ministry. Uh-huh. Um, our church has everything except for a young adult. We have a youth, but it's like we volunteer to serve, which is good because we grow in our leadership but I just want us to grow deeper 
um, in relationship with each other and with God and our callings to get more understanding on things, to be fed. There's a verse that says there's a lamb needs milk and then a sheep no longer needs that. And that's more so like we're growing out of it. And I want us to grow stronger with God, mm-hmm. um, get more connection. Um, I just want to like, it's tonight. <laughs> um, I've been praying a lot about what the devotional we should start with. What should we like? Is there a chapter or something? And Heather revealed to me. Sorry, uh-huh. Are you the leader? Um, Are you the leader? Um, yes. Okay, and uh, these are all, what age, general age, are young couples, 20s, 30s? Um, I would say 16 to like 20, 24, because we have some young. Some oh, young, young adults. This isn't married. This is young adults, married, not married. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, a lot of singles. And yes. Okay. Some, some are taken, yes. Some are taken, some are not. <laughs> taken. Um, Sounds like they've been abducted. Abducted. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Uh, and so this is the first time you've all been together in this group. Um, this is the, this is the first night God has opened the door to it. Mm-hmm. Just starting it. Yes. Yeah, how well do you know each other? Is this group bonded or is this all kind of people meeting each we're, other for the first time? Um, we're bonded. We're pretty bonded. We're like siblings. Um, <laughs> we've met a, all of each other from church. So, Okay. All right. Well, here, here's what I would, first of all, congratulations. We had more young couples uh, willing to get into a Bible study. That would be powerful. So uh, here, here's what I'd do. If, if that were me and I was 16 to 24 and I'm getting together for the first night for a fellowship here, I, I would probably focus um, tonight for this first one a little more on that bonding process, talking about what are some things we expect, where are we in our life, maybe hear some of the stories of each other, um, what are some of the challenges that that you're facing in your life? Uh, how how could this Bible study? How could this time together be most helpful to you? Get some feedback. In other words, I think going in and saying, "Okay, here's what we're doing," uh, that may ex- be happy for some, and some may say, "No, I'm not interested in that. I don't want to be just." What about seeing some videos, or or what about going through a book together, or something? I, if I, if I were leading, I would I would be intentional in terms of bonding, sharing, uh, time of prayer, maybe have a passage in scripture that you read and you discuss a little bit at, tonight um, about life. And, and there's lots of maybe pick some of the proverbs would be good, or one of the uh, parables of Jesus and discuss it. What is what is Jesus saying to us um, about our lives from that? Uh, but spend the night more tonight bonding with each other, talking about what are the needs of the people and kind of putting together from that a plan. Are we going to go through a book together? Are we going to watch videos together? Is this going to be more of a prayer time? Uh, I think the more the people can feel that they're a part of putting the process together, the team together, the the community, uh, they're going to, they're going to like it better. Now, what I hate is going to a meeting when there's nobody in charge. Makes me nervous. I mean, who's in charge here? Some, I, I feel this sometimes with a person in a platform who's teaching or, and they're not sure of themselves. They feel insecure. Maybe it's just me because I'm a teacher and a uh, leader, but I'll sit in there and I, I feel nervous for him. I'm thinking, come on, do I have to come and rescue you? Or are you going to be you with me? I don't know if you'd ever do that, Jennifer, but I do. 
So I would clearly be in charge tonight, but not in charge telling people what they're going to do, but lead them through the process to uh, decide on some things. Does that make sense? Yes, that's literally... I was just saying that yesterday because I was like, well, God, like, I know you're calling me to it. I just don't, like... Um, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I know that you're, I, there's some areas I don't feel like I'm worthy of leading them, um, but I know you wouldn't put none me None of us are. Not. None of us are, yeah. Alexis. None of us are worthy of any of this stuff. But God uses really broken instruments, so... Uh, you know, I, I, I applaud you. Well, that's why the nervous news. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I understand. I mean... It, it's funny, people ask me, do you get nervous out speaking? I've spoken to thousands, thousands of people, and I say, yeah, every time I go on a platform, I'm nervous. But once I get going, it's kind of like, hey, we're connecting. It's a new group, and here we go. And uh, that's what you're going to feel tonight. Just be real, be genuine, be authentic. Um, talk about, hey, the group. And people love to talk about themselves, find out what they're going through and what they're experiencing. And what you'll find is your hour and a half together or whatever, two hours will just go by like that. And then you can come away from that and put some things together. Secondly, maybe there's someone in your church, your pastor, pastor's wife, or someone who's been involved in leading groups that could give you some, some ideas that would be helpful for your church. That's one of the things in our church. Man, we got such an active uh, small group thing going on that's, uh, that's really, really important. Okay, thank you, Alexis. Thank you for your call. Be praying for Alexis in Kansas, young adults tonight, 16 to 24, figuring out what they're going to do in their life. What an exciting time. Speaking of um, what are you going to do, we ask people to share with us their one things, some things that are they're doing to make their marriages and family and their life a little better. Here's a couple more. Let's get going. My name is Amy. I live in the Midwest, and my one thing is going to be to stop complaining to my family or my friends, to my husband about the kids, Etc. My name is David. My wife and I live here in Topeka, Kansas. And uh, one thing that we've always done, we've always tried to do a ministry together. So uh, we do a ministry called Reengaged. It's out of Watermark in Dallas, Texas, and uh, we lead as leaders in that. And we find that uh, we're always reconnecting and uh, working together in the ministry. So uh, we find that uh, we're doing separate ministries and being unconnected it's just nice to be on the same page with the ministry that we're both passionate about what's your one thing love to have you share it on our storyline triple eight triple eight seventeen seventeen dr randy here we're talking marriage and family and life and being intentional and my friend and i gary chapman had a chance to talk about the five love languages Dr. Gary Chapman's my guest today, and uh, for this month of February, we're focusing on, of course, Valentine's and love, and I thought, you know, what else could we do this month that would be so helpful to our listeners and those uh, joining us on our podcast than to revisit a book and a topic that so many of you have read and learned from, the five love languages. And so we invited Dr. Gary Chapman to come and refresh us on those and then apply it to some really specific issues as we make our marriages more intentional. Dr. Chapman, welcome to Intentional Living. Well, thank you, Randy. It's good to be with you. You know, we probably have a few people who haven't heard of the five love languages. Uh, give us an overview of the, the, what they are and uh, why you really put this together to help people so many years ago. 
You know, it really grew out of my counseling over and over in my office. Uh, one person would say, I just feel like my spouse doesn't love me. And the spouse would say, I don't get it. I do this, and this, and this. Why would you not feel love? And I realized you could be sincere in your mind, expressing love to your spouse and missing it. And I just heard that over and over. So finally, I sat down and read several years of notes that I made when I was counseling and asked myself, when someone said, I feel like my spouse doesn't love me, what did they want? What were they complaining about? And the answers fell into five categories. And I later called them the five love languages. So they are words of affirmation, using words to affirm the other person. Uh, you know, there's an ancient Hebrew proverb that says, life and death is in the power of the mm. We can kill relationships or we can build relationships. Words of affirmation. And then there's acts of service, doing something for the other person that you know they would like for you to do. Remember the old saying, actions speak louder than words? If this is their love language, actions will speak louder than words. And then there's gifts. It's universal to give gifts, an expression of love. The gift says, they were thinking about me. And the gift doesn't have to be expensive. We've always said, it's the thought that counts. But I remind people, it's not the thought left in your head. It's the gift that came out of the thought in your head, okay? So there's gifts, and then quality time. Giving the person your undivided attention. I do not need sitting on the couch watching television. TV is off, computer is down, we're not answering our phone, we're giving each other our undivided attention. Not always talking, we can be doing a project together, a spouse would like for us to do, or someone would like for us to do, and we're devoting time to them. And then number five is physical touch. We've long known the emotional power of physical touch. That's why we pick up babies and hold them and kiss them and cuddle them. Long before they understand the meaning of the word, they feel it. So that's the five love languages. And the basic idea is that each person, married, single, young, old, has what I call a primary love language. One of these five is going to speak more deeply to them than the other four. And if you don't speak their primary, they will not feel loved, even though you're speaking one or the other. Dr. Gary Chapman, I had a chance to talk to him for some time. And I said, okay, Gary, let's take these five love languages and... Um, Put them into work. How does it handle? How do you handle five love languages when you disagree about parenting, about money, about just disagreements in life? So uh, we've recorded all that, and it's available. It is available, or going up uh, to become available on our brand new platform for our intentional living community, which has houses all of our teaching, our current ones plus our past archived ones for the last uh, couple of years. And uh, it's available to you, that whole interview, uh, for members. And also, for brand new members, those of you joining us today as a monthly member of Intentional Living, I'm going to see that you receive a copy of uh, the book, The Five Love Languages, for yourself. All right? How do I do that? Call during West Coast Business Hours, 888 press number 2 to speak with one of our team members here, or anytime, go online to theintentionallife.com. And a reminder, the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night. Tickets available, special sale right now at our website. We'll see you uh, again next time. 
Have a great day.